All right, this is uh, Bishop Bowser here uh, with uh, uh, Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser, Shafat Outreach Podcast. So we thank all of you for uh, listening to this podcast. Make sure that you share this podcast and that you get the word out about uh, what we're trying to do here in getting, uh, having different types of conversations in the community as to what's been going on. And so today I have with you, with us, I should say, one of my friends and colleagues and someone that um, uh, we do a lot of work together in the community. That's Joshua Kayla. And um, he's going to share with you who he is and, and give a little background. But today we want to talk about police brutality and we want to talk about a system that is broke and does not work. But also, you know, this is centered around Chilla Vista police. So that's what we're going to be talking about. But also, you know, police a little bit everywhere. And one of the things that, that I do know about the Chilla Vista Police Department mm -hmm. is that they don't have a CRB. They don't have a no. Citizens Review Board. And that's part of part of the problem. So I just want to welcome welcome you, Joshua. It's good to be uh, good to have you on slow motion with Bishop Bowser. We we call it slow motion because we try to take it slow, you know, and, yeah. and slow down on whatever the topic or the narrative that's been framed. Slow it down and let's just talk about this. You know how like in the in the movies they slow it down in slow motion right. and so on. And so that's kind of you know the matrix. You know when when the guy shot the bullet. And he could, you could, the body was going real slow, and you could see him move and see all the details of it. So that's kind of what we, we just want to get more details about what's happening, what's going on in the community, and current trending events and issues that we're talking about. So I thank you, Joshua, for being on uh, today with thank us you. this podcast. And uh, tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself. Give us some background about who you are. Awesome. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Um, my name is Joshua Alcala, and um, see, I've been. Wow, talk about lived experience. Um, where do I start? I'm 42 years old, right? And that is not even close to what, as far as lived experience or how much uh, time is actually spent in maturation or having to grow, right? Um, the physical number doesn't equate to how much time or how old or experienced an individual might be. Right. So um, with that in mind, I was born in Chula Vista, actually. And um, at about the first grade, uh -huh. I moved up to Compton, my mom's doing their thing um so i had that upbringing and then like right before the freshman year of high school i was caught up and got involved in stuff and came back uh tried to start all fresh in san diego you know my mom's moved back so with that i had a lot of traumas i mean family traumas systemic traumas uh i mean traumas with the in the, within the community i mean these were like the early to mid 80s in compton um and then coming down here and realizing that. How old were you when you came to uh, San Diego? Oh, I was about, I was a, a 13 age, around 13 years old. And what's the difference you say between Compton and San Diego? I know when you hear Compton, well, man. <laughs> I, I will say this because, I, I mean, I still have family and I go up to, to visit. Um, it's it's grown a lot. Compton isn't as it was. It, I mean, not to say that it's all good. I mean, there's still things going on, but. As far as in, in, in difference, it's almost like night and day. Um, it kind of slows down in San Diego a little bit. Right. In some aspects. Because, I mean, crime is crime, and there are different types. So with, like, the, the street violence and all the other stuff is a different scope than, it has, like, right now we have the human trafficking, right. the drug trade. That That's a little bit different uh, dynamic and genre, right? So um, it was, I would say there was, it was a constant. It was a constant uh, way of life of having to adapt the fact that there are, at any given time, a, a gun could be firing <laughs> off. Um, in Compton, we, they used to have the Compton PD. It then got took over by the sheriffs because, because, oh, for of, real? because of what they were doing. Um, they used to have the, the, the ghetto bird, the yellow, the, we used to call it the, the flying banana. It was a yellow, a yellow helicopter mm -hmm. um, that would be out all night, like, all night. It's just we just I just got used to hearing helicopters, bullets, sirens, um, those kind of things. Uh, seeing things happen that I didn't really have the whole understanding. Seeing people drop right in front of me at the park of all places, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, coming wow. and coming back here and seeing that, you know, having all that and 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 also the the family uh, traumas that came with that and the reasons why we came down and and everything else. Um, it literally it was a. a a whole perfect storm, so to speak, 
when I came down here and then not having the supervision and coming into the way I was being treated by systems. Because the, the one thing I didn't really notice in Compton that I do distinctly has a feature here in San Diego is the racism. Ah. The, the way the system approaches. Um, I mean, Compton is majority black brown. Gotcha. Any officer patrolling, they know. Mm-hmm. San Diego has a lot more diversity. Yeah. So the officers get to, you know, when they're rolling around in Encinitas, they act a different way than they do when they're in Alcohol. Right. So it's it's that where you start feeling that from the officers. Mm-hmm. You, you, they don't really want to work that shift or, or whatnot. So anywho, fast forward along, I, I went through my whole, you know, the gangbanging and drugs and even the whole... Um, how do you get caught up in the gangbanging thing here? You got so in yeah, San Diego, and, and, and right? Yeah. So, so interestingly enough, um, I did start the whole gang culture and gang life in Compton. Um, I was actually being groomed. I didn't realize it then, but I was mm-hmm. being groomed since 11 years old mm-hmm. to do things, okay. to, to act out a certain way and respond a certain way um, to where I knew enough that when I came down at 12, 13, I had enough quote-unquote schooling education on you on fast those, way advanced to the to where i knew better that i could not claim a gang down here got you so i went to the tagging mm-hmm. my stepbrother at the time up in compton was getting into the tagging mm-hmm. i had gotten into the gangs that were just starting to early 80s i was i'm not gonna say the specific neighborhood and gang but i was at the park when they had the meeting when the the crip gang and the and the the mexicans that were part of that same gang mm-hmm had to make a distinction and separate. Okay. And was that the east, east side? Yeah, it, that was that was yeah, that was out there in, in the east, yeah. So mm-hmm. what happened was <laughs> understanding all that, the culture and everything, when I came down, I knew better. I was like, "Well, they're going to call you this, they're going to do this to you cuz you get like, who are you?" So my brother was doing the tag and the graffiti. We kind of did like a switch of e- alter egos kind of thing. I continued the graffiti down here, then he just accepted the the gang culture up there. And um I had the to the gang component or the gang mentality to that. Because one of the things I kept on hearing when I was coming up was, why are you tag banging for? Hmm. There, ain't no, well, you don't, there ain't no tag banging in San Diego. Like, I literally heard those terms. Um, to where now that culture, at one time, it was, it was actually green-lighted. Wow. Um, to understand how all that, and I knew the gravity of what all those things meant and, and things like that. And I'm just like, what, what, did, I, what did I get myself into? Right. But, by that time, you don't even question yourself so much as why I'm here as, as how do I, you know, either make it out or, or succeed mm-hmm. in some way. So uh, coming through a, a lot of different types of communities. Mm-hmm. I, so when we came down, we were staying in the Shelltown area immediately because that's where my, my grandparents and my family is rooted in Southeast in, in, in Shelltown. Oh, okay. Um, on my mom's side. My dad's side, more National City. Gotcha. So... We moved into that area initially, then into the east side and, and over North Park, uh, City Heights area. Mm-hmm. Um, to where, when I started getting involved with the systems, my mom thought, well, I'll just move further south and get away from the problems. Not unwittingly helping an individual that's in graffiti life, mm-hmm. you're helping him spread and, <laughs> and do all these things. And it was just like, well, okay. And I got to understand the different communities in San Diego and then realize I'm coming across the different departments. There you go. So I, I understood that there's a difference, a big difference between San Diego PD and National City PD. What did you see the difference with the San Diego police and National City? Because I know I grew up over in the West Coast here. That's, you know, with the Latino gangs is Sherman and Logan Heights. Right. But um, we knew not to go in National City. Because they didn't. Now it was back in the 70s, 80s, but it was horrible. We knew that if you go there, boy... You were gonna face some police brutality in some kind of way, cause they just—that's—they were brutal. So I, I, I've I've attributed a lot of that to, um, it, I mean, it's deep-rooted racism. Mm-hmm. It comes down to—I mean, it's gotten to where it's in systems. Um, it, it's it's taught. I have actually how I've been with the community. Now I'll, I'll go back into um, running that life to end up becoming a firefighter, and then working in an accident and learning the new traumas in that, and then having to almost re uh replace everything that i've did and and turn it for a purpose uh-huh um but it was that like i i would i would see a lot of this racism that people weren't talking about and uh, sexism uh, there's a lot there, it's not just a racism thing people the system is anti 
father and man. I'm glad you said that sexism, because when you when you hear the term sexism, you think of, you know, uh, uh, oppression and discrimination against women. Mm. But, you know, when you said sexism, I, I, I thought I kind of understood where you're going with that. You know, but I, I you know that, you know, I, I like the way you said that in a sense of white, like the way you put it. Uh, is that not only are women facing sexism, but men are too. Yeah, and it's it doesn't matter what gender or what culture. I mean, an ism is an ism, right? That's right. Um, and the thing is with that is the system's playing both. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 showing that you know, yeah, there, there's all the supports for women, and women can be empowered, and 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 from once that they weren't, which is an, a good thing. But then, at the cost of diminishing another, mm-hmm. that's what racism does. One is is exalted while the other one's diminished. So they're doing the same with the with the isms with when it comes to the genders. Absolutely, um, and then more so because understanding how the family structure works, mm-hmm. how the order of things are Thank supposed you. to be. Thank you. Come on. They're understanding how to then divide and conquer. That's it. If the man isn't there, how is there any any lead? How is there any structure? How is there any and I'm, I'm watching it with the way uh, single moms mm-hmm. and then working in the community, the way we did like with Cass and all these other programs. Right. We went out in the community and the traumas and everything. It was a recurring thing. It was re- repeat, repeat. And it was that that firefighter in Mimi that got to thinking, OK, we're putting out all these little fires. Mm-hmm. These are spot fires. Where's the big fire? Right. Right. Okay, so when we get to the big fire, now we got to get to the main part of that fire. Stop. Stop it from growing and then take it out. So there was that. Well, all these things are going on. But what's at the root of this? What, mm-hmm. What's going on? In the whole process of working with community and whatnot, I came across the the training manual for San Diego PD, mm-hmm. and it has the section for gangs. I read it. There's sexism involved, <laughs> on top of, and it's and now it's viewed as a different way because in the eyes of PD, women, especially when it comes into um, uh, communities you know, of of culture, right, they're taught to respond a certain way. The, the description of how you identify individuals that might be in criminal engaging in criminal activity mm-hmm. is dated to like the 80s and 90s um, as far as what they're wearing, how they look and everything else. It further goes into tell the officer that if there are women involved when you're pulling someone over or in the scene, mm-hmm. that they are to be distrusted even more than the men. Wow. Because that they're trying to prove something even more so. So they're willing to do extras hmm. for the men. So that's why women are supposed to be distrusted even more. Mm-hmm. That's one. I mean, there's so many other things. That's just it's just in there. It's pro. They're being programmed on top of. This is something that a lot of people aren't talking about. On top of, they had a war on gangs and a war on drugs. Yep. Absolutely. Where do you think they got the soldiers from? Our military. Mm-hmm. They trained them, sent them to war, got them in that mindset, mm-hmm. brought them back, and said, "There's no jobs for you, but hey, unless you want go to security police? or become a police officer, because mm-hmm. there's a war on the streets." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And that's what happened. So we have a whole bunch, not taking away from the military community at all, because, uh, again, we are in great debt to their service. We, we do appreciate everything that they do do for us. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, though, there's a system to that. There's a process to that. Right. So who, do they, who do they enlist or who do they recruit to come in? Right. So, so, so with you, um, uh, you've been in prison a couple times. Or once. Yes. How many times have you been in prison? Twice. Okay. And what happened with, with those situations? Okay, so it's pretty much like uh, it's test time for everything <laughs> you learn in the streets, right? It's, it's test time. Um, you go in and you start having to reposition yourself again in the standing. Um, there's a lot of people in there, and you got to, you know, if you're not trying to make a name for yourself, mm-hmm. you at least have to establish yourself mm-hmm. of how you're going to do your time from the gate. And what, what, were, you, what, what you were sentenced for? Um Originally, so the the first time I was in it was I was already on on CYA parole. Gotcha. So it was a so parole. you've been to CIA, CYA too. Woo. Yeah, twice. You've been through, man. <laughs> it's a lived experience. How like, were you when you went through CYA? Woo, uh, fourteen. Okay. And so about two years after I got here. And I was and how old were you when you got out? Uh, close to or about nineteen. Nineteen. Oh wow! Uh, so they they they. Yeah. Uh, so you say two times. So was uh, you the first time? Fourteen. The, the first time, yeah. And I got out around nineteen ish. Um, then you went back to CYA. Uh, oh, that's like, right. They can do it to twenty five. Yeah. yeah. So what happened is they they sent me back on a violation, and then in that I they they 
there was a, 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 a Nakata new case. Someone okay. kind of came forward with some things, so they had me already in custody, reprocessed me, and then said, okay, well, now we're just, we got you here. We just do a little bit of time, burn out your, uh, your youth time, and mm-hmm. we'll just take you up to county. Wow, wow, wow. And then uh, what, did you, what did you go to prison for? Um, so it was uh, the violation and assault with deadly weapon. Wow, wow. How much time you do? Um, on that one, it was it was like four, and first the first time it was four with half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get out, and then a couple of weeks, months later, I'm, I'm right back. Man, how does? But that know? that time was a life case. For real, and how, did, how and much time that, did you get? That was interesting. Um, I got we we got stopped at the Jack where the Jack and the Box used to be on on Fairmont and University. Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting picked up. By a couple of friends, uh, I was going to the travel lodge off of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Those friends were apparently doing tagging and graffiti on the way up to pick me. Mm-hmm. They were spotted. Long story short, they they stopped us all. The cops got to the parking lot, just rushed the whole car. I didn't have anything on me, but I had a prison prior. I was on parole, and I was the oldest in that company right there in the, okay. the presence of whoever was there. So they deemed me quote unquote, "You're their shot caller." So they want to get you with everything. And they said, dang, so how does it feel looking at a life case for graffiti? Man. They said, you know, stupid. anything, and this is what they're telling me, you know, anything over $400 is considered a felony, right? And I'm like, okay. It's like, yeah, I think it's like 400 we strike you out. Yeah. Because I think it's like 401 I said, oh, just like, they're going to assess it like that? And he's like, yeah. What year was this, you would say? Two, uh, 2000, 2000. Around 99, 2000 or 2001? Yeah, you know, and, and during that time, especially in the 90s, I really saw a lot where they were striking out a lot of people, man. For you know, little things. Yeah, and petty that's, stuff. That's, okay, so that charge got me about a year and something in the county fighting just a life case. Because it was 26, so prison prior makes it 26, from 25 to 26 to life. I spent about a year and some change just fighting the L. Okay. And then when they realized, okay, fine, they, they finally got me with, a conspiracy to commit vandalism. Mm-hmm. That was the, that was what they ended up saying. This is what we're going to take you all the way for. Mm-hmm. At that time, I didn't even know that conspiracy couldn't be proven. Wow. But they they put that on, um, hoping that they can either get a conviction or a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and they had me in there for a while, and I'm just, after Tired, that, I was just like, you know out. what? I just, what are we going to offer me? What what is it? And a lot of people do that. I mean, you know, it's easy for me and others who are out free. I, we deal, you, you know, you still dealing with two with young men you're trying to yeah. help, and you know, hey man, don't make no deal, man. I'm tired. I'm ready to go, man. I'm, re- I'm ready to get up out of here. I'm tired of being in the county jail. It's horrible down here. I'd rather be in prison. I hear some. I hear people tell me that, man. That, man, I'd rather be in prison than county jail. Let me just, you yeah, know, pay my deal and get make a deal and get get my time so I can get on out of this county jail. I'm not gonna lie. That was a, that was exactly one of the main deciding. Uh, factors of why I took a deal. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. I was like, you know what? I, I we only get out every other kind of day in the county, and mm-hmm. only for an hour. I had already my prison prior, so I already knew. Walk in the yard, you're outside, breathing free, the fr- fresh air, kind of thing. You could still get your program going. Exactly. Um, so you can kind of get on with your life. You get your routine going. You feel mm-hmm. like you're actually living again. Right. Um. So, I, yeah, being in 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 that kind of environment, I was like, I, let's go. Like <laughs> they took the L off. Okay, cool. What, do Twenty, whatever. Like as long as I get out of here. How but, much time you get? Um. They ended up. Uh. I I fought for. It went to was it like. Five years because there was a conspiracy charge. Okay. Um. There was nothing on my like no priors, no anything. So they uh, for that for vandalism or anything like that. So they just they they left it at um they didn't double it up, but they did still give me half okay. because I was still a two striker at then because they they just struck the strike, so it won't be a life case. But then they still uh, initially they offered me twenty two, twenty two years Ooh. for conspiracy to commit vandalism, Man. and I was gonna sign. Um, wow! But there was a couple people talking to me like nah. Like Don't if, do if, that. if they already took off the L, dude, just squeeze them. Mm-hmm. He goes, it's gonna hurt, but squeeze them back. Mm-hmm. And, and I ended up the game. I think it was like six years, at eighty. It's 80%. the amazing games they play. It's amazing, man. And, and like sixty, Ugh. yeah, six at eighty percent, and that was <laughs> that was interesting. Then they gave me like a year or something credit because I was already in the county fighting that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. But, yeah, that's man, that's messed up, man. So, like in 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 your present situation, because I know one of the main things we want to talk about today is um, police brutality and how, you know what individuals go through, you know when you you, you know 
the police is supposed to be our guardians and our protectors, mm. right? We pay tax dollars for them to serve us. Right. And if 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 I call you, I called you and I need help, you shouldn't come and treat me as I'm the villain or the suspect or the criminal or the dangerous person. The enemy. You know, yeah, the enemy, you know, when I'm the one that called for support and help. <laughs> and that happens right. so many times and you have a situation like that where they messed you up for a couple of years. So you want to uh, share share with us? Yeah. So and and kind of answer and touch back on that question you asked about like National City and how yeah. National City cops. Um, it's it's again the the because the police also have a culture. Right. Um, I I have in friends that that weren't officers. Eventually in life they went through with their training in, in military and in, in eventually ended in in some kind of police department. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's the disconnect. Right. They're having individuals join our our police departments, our police force that we, like you said, we, we pay our tax dollars for to protect and serve us. Right. But the disconnect is these officers are not from our community. Point number they're, one. They're, That's they're good. Brought That's a good in, point. They're brought in because they're military. Just that simple fact alone, you have your traumas that you have not addressed. Amen. And you're bringing this person in to protect and serve. Amen. From a war zone. Mm-hmm. Second of all, if you're not from that community, you don't have the compassion for that community. That's right. You won't have the tolerance or patience for that community. You That's won't right. have the hope of restoring that community because you're mm-hmm. not from there. Right. They say you, you you can't love it if you don't you don't, can't understand it or love it if you don't come from it. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. while every neighborhood and every every and every state has their own, mm-hmm. when you're not from that particular one, you don't associate or you don't you're not there to to be relatable. Right. So that's the second one. Is the first where they get the the people. Second the the condition that the individuals are in mm-hmm. and then third the training they, they're, they're teaching us they're teaching them how to respond to us mm-hmm. and they're saying hey public eye you do this our blue code do this mm-hmm. and speaking from the position of being a former firefighter mm-hmm. having very 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 candid loose conversations with lots of different police agencies mm-hmm. highway patrol P- a city it's a universal thing with uh, the culture absolute, with that blue wall yeah and and they wall. they it's yeah they're when they're talking about i mean the way rampart was mm-hmm. the rampart division in la um they they were a gang mm-hmm. and i've had even this here in san diego pd and, and chula Vista pd they, they i've had them officers tell me we are the biggest gang like, you guys better stop y'all ain't you guys no future we're the biggest gang we're here to take you guys out mm-hmm. and that mentality does not tell me you're here to restore that, That's tell, right. that, that does not tell me that you're going to even give me a chance or you're even viewing me right. in a way that, that, that even gives hope. Or build relationship, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, what's happening is that disconnect on top of, yeah, if, if I have a certain view of, of the men specifically, because mm-hmm. working with some of these nonprofits as well, um, I worked with the refugee community. And one of the main things I kept hearing from the, the women was, where are the men? And yeah. Yeah. What, you guys don't have men in America. Yeah. Like in America, like not even California. <laughs> we're the men in, in America. America. I'm like, uh, we're here. Yeah. Like, no, you're not. And we're, we're not even standing up. Not available. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not talking. Mm-hmm. But this, that, that's one of the reasons why I even wanted to do these things because I, it, it's time. Like mm-hmm. many to really start talking about this, getting together because. Mm-hmm. Our women have been showing us out. Right, right. Now let me let me you know and and let's let's dig into that a little bit because mm-hmm. I know you want to get into your, your total story because the way I've always been feeling is that or thinking because we think before we feel right. um, is I when I've been a black man and you've been a Latino um, I've always looked at it like the white community Latino community and the Asian community their men you know, are leading. They're they're there more, especially more than black men. It seems like, you know, with the black man, he's just almost missing in action. <laughs> but I guess what you're saying is that's going on in, in Latino community too. So, yeah, and that's, it's it's deep-rooted. Um, to go into that is, is yeah, there's there's a, there's a focused attack, if, mm-hmm. if I can say that, a focused attack on the African-American man or male or father mm-hmm. to remove them mm-hmm. um, because our cultures, and the system knows that we are very rooted in our cultures and our families. Exactly. If they could put us against each other, mm-hmm. we're helping them. That's right. So as long as they put a classism or yep. a sexism, an, an ism, again, yep. if yep. they have us focus on that, again, how what we think impacts the way we feel, the way mm-hmm. we feel, then affects how we 
or uh, how we behave. That's right. So if, if if I'm told that the men in this community are drug dealers, they're there women go. beaters, there they're they're gang members, they're they're they do they, 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 Anytime I come into a domestic violence situation or any kind of domestic situation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my view is this guy's acting up. Amen. So the having, you know, equal and, and unbiased and fair uh, you know, officers that that will actually look at the law first mm-hmm. or whatever, that's non existent. Mm-hmm. The And let me just interject with that very quickly because and don't lose your thought. Mm-hmm. Because I know like um my son went through some domestic violence mm-hmm. stuff. And um, I remember one time he lived right around the corner from where I live now. And I remember uh, walking down there and, and I don't know if I was going to the gym. They just happened to be outside, but they, you know, he got into it with his wife and a kid was involved and things like that. But the police was talking to him and, you know, because he was feeling he was being treated unfairly. Right. Mm -hmm. And the police, the police officer actually told him that he said, look, man, he said, um, if you go to try to take the court or whatever, he said, you're going to lose. He said, they always favor the woman. He said, unless she's a demon child or something like that, you, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to listen to you. They're going to give her what she wants. So I think that the police is on the first line of, of, of what we call those first responders, yes. but, and they are part of the problem, but it's go deeper. It's, it's systemic. So, yeah. And it is because you said it right They're They're on the front lines. They're the eyes for the system. Mm-hmm. What's happening is again, it's the separation of the family. You, mm-hmm. you take out the head, absolutely, and then everything else just kind of falls falls apart, and you can just collect them. Right. If there's no leader, everyone just scatters, in, and then you start just like a pack of wolves, mm-hmm. and they start picking off all the, the right. young ones, the right. weak ones, and everything else first. So what's going on is, um, take the man and make him a villain. Exactly. And in in in, in, in just the communities of color. Right. You know, and and any officer that, that patrols that, it's already. A, uh, I don't even want to go there. Uh, <laughs> so if I, if, it, if I don't want to go to work, I already got a bad attitude. Right. Because again, the way we think impacts the way we f- we feel. The way we feel translates to how we behave. So mm-hmm. so they're already preloaded with hate. Mm-hmm. So they're coming in. How can you protect and serve a community that you hate? Amen. So Amen. now you're coming in, and then you're the eyes for the system. So you have a prescribed response for a reason because that system needs things mm-hmm. they need bodies right they need bodies to fill cells bodies to fill foster care mm-hmm. bodies to fill all these systems human trafficking has lots of lots of looks it mm-hmm. looks lots of different ways um essentially what's happening is the destruction of families within the communities of color and it's been going on to the point where i mean if we want to go back to when uh we're talking when there were um Freeing the slaves and mm-hmm. um, a lot of the Chinese and Mexican immigrants mm-hmm. that were still here that a lot of people aren't talking about. Right. They were also in that same, you Oppressed. know, you're a slave, yeah. and, except yeah. when it rolled out. Especially economically. Yeah, and mm-hmm. except when, when, when. And classism. Yeah. When, it, when, it, when it was rolled out that, you know, you're free now, it was then viewed as African Americans or the black man is partially human. Mm-hmm. And it takes about, was like four. For African American men to, to make, make one, one. Mm-hmm. but for a Mexican, there is none. Mm-hmm. You cannot add up enough Mexicans to make mm-hmm. a human. Mm-hmm. Got gotcha. you. And that's still passed on to this day. Got gotcha. you. So you have a deep-rooted, um, I guess, bias mm-hmm. for particular reasons, but um, the people didn't move or mm-hmm. leave mm-hmm. when they drew the line, right? And they were trying to push them out, and they mm-hmm. didn't. So what's going on is well. Since you stood here, we're just going to treat you bad, make mm-hmm. you not want to be here. Right. National City has a very big population mm-hmm. of Latino, Hispanic c- culture. Mm-hmm. Um, they're right by the base. Mm-hmm. And Chula um, Vista. Yeah. So when it comes to that whole, um, the way we're treated, it has to do a lot with the way the system views us and the way, Amen. again, the military people had the, the zoot suit riots mm-hmm. and all these other things, too, that mm-hmm. happened. That, that people are just like, wait. Well, why are they traumatized? Because we had our traumas too. Yep, yep, except absolutely. That, except that even like you go on the census right now, mm-hmm. 
every nationality, every culture, everything is represented there. Even has other, you write in whatever, mm -hmm. except for Mexicans. And specifically says if you're Mexican, Latino, Hispanic, Chicano, if you can't claim any of those, mm -hmm. you are, it's not existing. It's not a, it's not a recognized race. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's messed up. And then when yeah. it comes to funding, because mm -hmm. that's all funding, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to go in as Caucasian. I saw that. I, now, you know, and I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. So that's man. The yeah. all, or they I mean, use the term Hispanic, and it covers white, non-white, all yes. that. Yeah. So, yeah. so again, how are we to receive services or be actually distinguished apart from other services mm -hmm. to to reach us when we're viewed as Caucasian or white? Right. So. Right. And and then on the other side of the coin, I also I was a part of a um, uh, a panel. And he was talking about how, like, you know, they try to use numbers to uh, discredit a community because of crime, whether it's, you know, they, the, the quote unquote black on black crime they use or what have you and talk about our communities. But then the individual brought up another point that when they mess with these numbers, you know, also, if you narrow it down, not just with with Latino community, black community, but also like you might look at the Italian community mm -hmm. or the Irish community. And, and when you look at crime and you look at things like that, they absorbed into all of the whites. But if you narrow it down, you'll see that there's issues oh, yeah. in all these communities. All across. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, but, it, again, but they drown it or swallow it all up. Yeah. Because it's, it's the image, what they want to project mm -hmm. to individuals. Look, they're bad and they're good. Right. Right. And, 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 and if you look at it, I mean, we could, all we have to do is zoom out for a bit. Mm -hmm. If we look at our map of San Diego, mm -hmm. I mean, we are the wild animal park. Amen. 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 What, they, like done, what yeah. they have done is essentially San Diego is the, is the zoo. Mm -hmm. you, they started, and I didn't do this. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you didn't plan this. Right. But look at where everybody's situated culturally. Mm -hmm. East County, who's who's living out there? Right. W what kind of climate? What kind of environment is that? Oh, Racist, are we are yeah. are we are we going ahead and prejudging individuals mm -hmm. and saying, oh, well, you you kind of used to that community mm -hmm. or that climate, right? You're okay over there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mira Mesa, mm -hmm. Claremont, mm -hmm. a lot of our Asian community mm -hmm. uh, there, but it's different type of Asian. It's yep. not your Filipino. It's not your Islander. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's more your mainland. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're more established, have a little gotcha. bit more gotcha. security. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then you go south of the eight. Mm -hmm. South of the eight, everything's just, I mean, compartmentalized. Right in the middle, uh, in, in east side and in southeast, you have... Refugee shelters and communities, mm -hmm. things, and I mean, and they call why, it Little Africa. Why would yeah. why would you send refugees into the poorest, the least served communities right. in that county? Right. Come See on. See what they doing? Yeah. And then they yeah. say, put everybody by culture. Yeah. yeah. And then they say, oh, what well, you, you guys are supposed to integrate and be good. With then they make sure their people, you know, white folks get what yeah. they need. Yeah. Then it's Needs them over met. there and you can, then you, you start sectioning them off. Well, if I want to go here, I'll go that. And I mean, that's racism yeah. in a All whole. the way around. Yeah. So the way now we're looking at the way they respond mm -hmm. when we're calling for services, mm -hmm. how they respond. And we're the ones trying to call for services. Right. I mean, we're trying to still have them do their job, except when they do their job, they do it under the lens of how they were taught or mm -hmm. that way they're trained, not mm -hmm. from protect and serve. Right. Not from fact finding and looking for who is the actual person that violated the law. here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now going in towards our mental health and how individuals, you know, why would they respond or how do they respond? I mean, we don't have to go far with seeing how even with mental health uh, calls or even officers that don't, aren't even aware if it is a mental health call or not, they respond first tactically. And then it's, okay, reassess. Amen. And if an individual is calling for, and, and specifically calling for mental health services, and they send officers, we just spent a couple minutes talking about all the, the history, or not even all, just a fraction of some of the history of why the biases are there and the, and the views and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And now we're still calling <laughs> these individuals and we're hoping that they view us for as human. As, 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 yeah, as mm -hmm. at least human. Yet when, when they come, they have a quote unquote prescribed response. And then what they didn't do is because again, they're the eyes. Mm -hmm. So then they send in the report to child welfare services, which then gets the the courts involved, which then gets mm -hmm. foster services. So tell me ready. about your situation. The, 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 you, the, this is Chilla Vista Police, right? Yes. Your, your, yeah. your situation. So essentially what happened is... And um, tell us when this happened. This was uh, August, uh, about two years back. Okay. About two and a half years back. Okay. Um, essentially, 
I did something I didn't think I was going to ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I had to call for services. Um, I was in the middle of a domestic violence situation mm-hmm. um, where, again, I've been through that part where I, I was. So with specifically Chula Vista, I have a, a kind of a long uh, recurring negative history with them as far as how they respond, um, especially as mental health calls. Uh, but what happened was I, I was being pretty much assaulted. Um, things were being thrown in the house, windows broke. I'm also a mandated reporter for the job I, the, wow. I do and whatnot. So I had to call. Even if I didn't want to, I had to call. I called and said, I specifically said I need a perp team member, knowing it was already like past six. So I know perp doesn't operate um, with therapists uh, on duty after that time. So I knew, but again, knowing the, the lingo and, and, and knowing that there are, you know, systems or, or services out there training systems, mm-hmm. I knew there's a PERT team um, in Chula Vista, so I asked. I need a PERT team member. We're having, uh, it's a domestic situation, but what's happening is this, is it? I started um, outlining what's going on. Um, my, my wife even says, you're really gonna call? Remember who has the record, MFR. Hmm. With those words, I was just like, oh yeah. Oops, but the call was already being made. <laughs> Officer gets like, there. It's like, man, I'm, it's going to oh, backfire yeah. on me. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that part. Um, but it was that where it was like, no, I know I'm doing the right thing. And In my no, mind. Knowing, yeah. Yeah, knowing the things that I know. I mean, something bad happens. You're supposed to respond in a certain way. Okay. Everything told me don't. Don't call. Just get out the house and go. And it was like, well, she's breaking windows, though. What if the neighbors call? Mm-hmm. And then that's going to really look bad on you. You mm-hmm. need to really call. Mm-hmm. So I did. And asked for a per- I even let them know it's it's a DV, but there's a, a psychological component to this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one person that's being the aggressor. I'm just taking it. I'm right. Literally, I'm literally taking punches and, and stuff being thrown at me. Right. The officers finally get on scene. Um, I let dispatch know, hey, there's the officers here. It's like, okay, well. If you're if you're there with them, I'm just gonna hang up the call. Mm-hmm. As soon as I hung up the call, the officer tries to cuff me, and says that he had the call come in that there was a weapon in the home. Whoa! And I said, "Excuse me." I'm like, "I called, mm-hmm. and you asked me, mm-hmm. and I said no. You can go in and look. You can you can so you let see them if search. I'm, I'm, I, Did they actually search or you just nope. volunteered? For no, I, no, they they didn't. They just kept on asking, and I said, "Go ahead and search. Like tear it mm-hmm. up if you want." You know, so search your home. So they actually you called them for help <laughs> and the Chilla Vista police asked to search your home because, wow, that, you know, that that's yeah. crazy. After being cuffed and they want to sit me on the curb. And I was like, if I'm anything, not you're sitting me on my steps. Mm-hmm. You're not going to put me out. In front Thank of you. The, no, you're putting me on my steps. If anything. another way of dehumanizing people. So what happened is one officer stood with me. The other officer went upstairs to talk to the family. Um. The whole time, the officers just kind of like diminishing me, talking negative. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know things aren't gonna go good for you. Like this is da, 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 like just. So I start, I start talking to him, telling him, you know, oh, it's interesting because I'm getting ready to become a domestic violence counselor. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go into training for this, and started making mockery of all that stuff. <laughs> um, they did, yeah, thinking that you know I was either lying, just maybe trying to get out of whatever. Right. Um. So they ended up coming back out. And asked me if I wanted to press charges. And I said, well, I literally said, if if that's what it takes for us to get services, mm-hmm. then yes. And then the officer stops and says, okay, well, let me tell you what happens, what's going to happen if you do press charges. Mm-hmm. We're going to arrest her and we're going to arrest you. And I wow. was like, wait, what? He goes, and we're going to take the kids to Polinsky. On what grounds? They said that based on the interviews... They determined that I came home upset, mm-hmm. caused or provoked the fight mm-hmm. so that I could call on her. Hmm. I mean, they're telling me how wow. I was when they, they weren't even in, in the area. Yeah. They're telling me how I was based on an individual that's already upset through things. Did they try to talk to the kids? They talked to my son. Now, my son, um, when I got home, my son was on the couch watching TV. He was on restriction. Mm-hmm. That's how the whole thing escalated. I was going in. It was a parenting thing. Mm-hmm. My wife was having, like, we, we had issues as far as co-parenting. Gotcha. So what ended up happening is I go, 
I'm tr- and I'm coming in with groceries and everything. I'm trying to tell him, okay, shut that off. Let's go, you know, let's get with it. And I said, we'll address this later, the mm-hmm. watching TV. Long story short, we were doing things that she didn't like, I guess, either how I was doing it or, or what we were doing. She mm-hmm. comes out, we start arguing. I was getting ready to leave. She starts blocking and all that stuff, and it escalated to that. And so I was, before that, I was actually at an outreach event that we had when I was working with that nonprofit. Right. Um, we were actually working with taking uh, families of violent loss out for a day at the beach. Wow. Um, setting everything up and that actually <laughs> that actually made me feel kind of like I miss my family and I, I, I mean knowing that they <laughs> lost someone mm-hmm. I was like I just want to hug mine exactly so I, I, I still did my thing my job and everything but after a while even my supervisor was like you look a little sad like you're good dude if you need to take off take off good mm-hmm. I took off and did my thing got groceries and everything so that was what happened with that and, and as it as it escalated into what, it, what happened I'm thinking, if anything, like, I'm okay. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know of anything that could have, like, I could say, oh, well, you know, maybe that or, I mean, those, the day was the day. It was okay. Did they take you to jail? They were going to. So when the officer said, if you press charges, we're gonna, we're gonna take both of you and the kids to Polinsky, I was like, well, what then? What, What's what based on what? Why? It's mm-hmm. Like, well, because of what we interviewed everyone, and that's what we're determining is that you're the aggressor. Hmm. And I said, how? Like, I I'm calling you guys, and I started remembering the things that I t- from the trauma. Uh, and you didn't hit nobody. You didn't throw anything. Nothing. <clears throat> so, and that's where I, I started kind of trying to defend myself with the things I know, like things that we talk about with cast, the things that we right. that you pack and everything else, all these things. And they were kind of like taken aback, like how do how am I talking this talk? Because they knew that there were some things that I was talking to them that were you that they were valid, <laughs> that was valid. So they're like, wait, wait, wait. So then they started talking in their little code, uh-huh. you know, the, you know, whatever the sixteen this and blah 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 blah. So I was able to again from responding to the, to the calls, I I, I kind of started picking up on the lingo, and I'm like, you're not gonna take me in, right? And they stopped and turned around and looked at me like, like how did like almost like how did I know what they were planning to do? And I was like, look, if you're gonna set yourself up. To get sued later, because mm-hmm. I hope all these body cameras are on. <laughs> and I told them that I go because this this eventually and they did cool. have them on, right? They said they did. Okay. They claimed they did. So I told them I go. I'll subpoena these things later. And they're like, "Well, you know, uh, do you have somewhere to go?" Because they were getting. They, I was already cuffed. Mm-hmm. They're like, "If you have somewhere to go, you can go. Don't come back for twenty four hours." But it was under duress. They mm-hmm. told me if I press charges. You all are going in, but if you take the rap, you'll be able to go, and then you'll face the charge later on. Wow, it's Chilla Vista Police. Chilla Vista Police. I called. I asked for a PERT team. Mm-hmm. I called, and I told them the situation. I was being abused. Mm-hmm. I, told, I told them the things that were going on, and they still viewed me as a perpetrator. Yeah, you know, and here's the thing with uh, when you talk about the um, uh, PERT, and this is what I try to get people to understand is that when you call for PERT, that don't mean that you go and get a mental health worker that come in that understand your psychological breakdown or mental struggles that you're going through. Right. They're going to first bring the police in there to secure the scene. And if they don't think the scene is secure, and most time if, if you know, you got a black person, brown person, Latino, what have you, that's in there, me, you, they see one of us, then it's going to be an issue. Oh, this is not secure. Like they did with you, we're going to have to handcuff you for our safety. Because yeah. you're a threat just by your existence. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? That, that You're a threat. So, you know, let me handcuff you and so on. And and don't get hostile or aggressive. Because right, because then that confirms really everything else exactly. that we already know. Yeah. So you got to be on your best behavior all the time because you already know what these preconceived ideas mm-hmm. they have about you, the stereotypes that they have, the thoughts that they have on you. So you got to dispel that by the way you conduct yourself so you got to be like you can't even express your 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 thoughts and emotions at that moment Mm -hmm. because as a normal human being would be and what's normal is because of how they would perceive you and And so on that's something that i i remember uh specifically pointing out to the two officers because there was two males one female Uh uh-huh the two males that were down there badgering me Mm -hmm. i stopped and told them i go are you fathers i go how would you feel if you were right here someone telling you that you're wrong for disciplining your child. Right. I go, I didn't hit him. I was enforcing 
mm-hmm. a restriction. Mm-hmm. Things escalated between mom and I, mm-hmm. and you're still pointing it out that it's me that. And I just finished telling you I have all these. I have lots of training. I have lots mm-hmm. of education on this. I'm trying to tell that even right now, I I, sh- I in my being tells me I shouldn't have even called you, but I still did because of what I've been taught. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed and it's the to system, right? Yeah, and you're supposed to respond a certain way, and you're not. Mm-hmm. So why not? And that's what I was calling him on. And I tried to call him on the humanistic side mm-hmm. of, hey, at least uh, if you're a man, a father, and you have children, is this the kind of treatment you want to give a father for right. disciplining their child? And not even like a physical discipline. Right. What did they say? They didn't say nothing. They didn't respond because they probably, you know, they know you're telling the truth. So right. when they, when they essentially, when they, when they told me to go, um, no charges were filed. But I still couldn't return to the home. Mm-hmm. Child welfare now had the case. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they came in with their prescribed response. Right. So they read the police report, but then when they make their report, they ad lib and add things. Because mm-hmm. I have the police report, and then I have child welfare's report, and mm-hmm. I'm like, when did that even happen? Like, when did the officer say these things? So they make things up. They make things so that, so that their their case or their position has the point where they're, they they can't be debated, argued, or, or denied, saying, oh, well, like, in, no, any reasonable doubt kind of thing. They just want to make villainize the individual. Mm-hmm. And for as much as the six pillars that the child welfare goes to, because, I again, I went and got certified for CWS 101, okay. Ethics and Protocol, SOPs mm-hmm. for what they're supposed to do. And the six pillars even says that they're supposed to stay at a constantly learning and try and be in positive relationships with the parents that they're, or the families mm-hmm. that they're involved in mm-hmm. and having a trauma-informed uh, approach. Mm-hmm. They did none of that. When when the uh, the investigator came in, she literally told me like yelling. She called me on my work phone, mm-hmm. talking madness to me. You're gonna get out. You have to leave and this that. And I'm like, who are you? I don't even know. You didn't even identify yourself. Wow. Um, just to get you in that negative headspace. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who are you? And then the response also called for. Apparently, did they say why you have to leave? Leave the home, not um, come back? Because the officers deemed that I was the aggressor. In the report, they said I was the aggressor, so therefore I was supposed to receive. Until they investigate. No. No, there's no investigation. They just want to know how bad I was messing up. Because hmm. they took the police officer's report. No, but I'm talking about like, you know, when she said you can't come, you got to leave the house. Did she say for how long? No, or, she or said, what she said until, grounds? We're, in, until, you're, until, we're, until the case is closed, if the case is closed. Mm-hmm. At that time, it'll determine if we're going to come back or not. But you're not. I'm and not what did they determine? What did they decide on that case? Uh, a little over two years later, the, the case just closed. So you was out. out of, you was out of the home. The case separated from your family for two years. Over two years, or just over two years. The, the case just closed a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um. So it took. Why it takes them two years to close this case? <laughs> I, I'm starting to believe now because I. I know the pre, uh, their prescribed response, and mm-hmm. I met them at every checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And I even kind of projected some of the things they were going to do and mm-hmm. had things out in advance for. Mm-hmm. And when they started seeing it just keep on happening, and then the emails. Because I started bringing other people involved mm-hmm. and started like letting them know that other people are aware of what's going on. Right. Be careful yeah, what you say because exactly. this is now recorded in typing. <laughs> so what was happening was I was just stacking my evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, this wasn't the first time this happened. Mm-hmm. There was another incident before that. Was it was a voluntary case where again they kicked me out of the home. Um, matter of fact, each of those times I had just had a surgery. The first time I had, um, I think it was a, a gallbladder removed, and then the, this other time I had just had hernia surgery. Man, um, and they threw me on the street. Wow. So, what they did was their prescribed response is. Get the man out of the house indefinitely. We're not giving him a time back. Mm-hmm. On top of, we're going to make it difficult for him to come back. Right. Because they then pressure mom to say, hey, if you don't do these things, we're taking your kids away. If you don't take him off the lease, if you don't take him off this, if you don't do this, if you don't do this, we're wow. going to take your kids. Wow. What woman would want to say, well, yeah, go ahead, take my exactly. kids. So, no. On top of, if they're trying to keep the family together, mm-hmm. my stepdaughter... She's the oldest out of all my all the children. Mm-hmm. Instead of bringing her into the services, mm-hmm. they went to biological dad. He's military. Mm-hmm. Threatened him. Whoa! And said, "We will write and call your CO 
let them know that you are aware of this going on and take your daughter from her from you and since it, we're going to take him from mom she'll go to foster care wow so either see you the, go see and how fight they play, see, yeah, see, so, see so the, they made they made him made him threaten him to go to get a lawyer go to family court to take custody of her wow and they got it Wow. Because of the child welfare, the way they wrote the report and everything else. Mm -hmm. So now my stepdaughter was out for these two years of the home and not even receiving any services as far as how to keep the so family they structure. So it took her from her mom and, and your other kids stayed there. Right. Still stayed there. That's right. crazy. And, and that's why I'm like, wait, why would you want to do that? That makes no sense. And you filed complaints and different things, but nobody responded. Nothing happened with the county or anything, right? Nothing. Yeah. And that was just it. I was like, well... That's where my mind was. It's, it's where what's what's my value, right? As far as a human being in this right. in this place, if these things, if if I can call if I can call for services, and now I'm in the position where I'm homeless mm -hmm. and looking at charges, right? Like, are you serious? Right. So what was going on with that was their prescribed response is exactly to destroy families. Child welfare Amen. services Amen. is in conjunction. Is and literally, Amen. I looked at when I when and the I system designed that way. I, I, I was just gonna get to that when I <laughs> when I studied when I was going in that class for CWS 101. Mm -hmm. It shows the county outline of mm -hmm. how the county systems work, where the courts go, and then what falls under the jurisdiction of the courts. Mm -hmm. Child welfare services is one arm. Foster care services is the other arm. Mm -hmm. Child welfare services is actually a component of the foster care system. Right. So child welfare, really, they're, they're talking about, oh, they're looking out for the families and trying to restore families. No, they're trying to supply the stock of mm -hmm. foster children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, again, human trafficking has lots of, lots of forms. Mm -hmm. So to have a stock of children on hand for adoption. Right. Now, we can go into all kinds of reasons and why, but staying on the topic of... of um, systems and how police are right this all started from the generated report that the police made so the you system, filed a complaint against them i filed against chula vista police um and this okay this, this isn't the first time there was a previous with my ex-wife where she actually attempted suicide uh while our son was in utero in about five six months mm -hmm. um her mother called the police that mm -hmm. time and um after taking the knives out of her hand because she was trying to jump out of the window with knives mm -hmm. in her hand um, her sister and I got the knives out. I was bleeding because she almost tore a chunk out of my arm off. Officers telling me, you know, you don't even have to say nothing, bro. We got you. Mm -hmm. This Chula Vista police still. This is back in like 06. Mm -hmm. um, from an actual suicide attempt that they saw, take her to county mental health. Hour later, she's being picked up. Um, on top of when I go and get the police report to file for, for divorce, because similar, like, mm -hmm. again, the family laws, uh, hey, she's crazy, or she's did. They don't believe the man mm -hmm. at all, especially if you're saying that the right. woman is quote unquote crazy or she's off, then mm -hmm. they, they go even more. So, when I got the police report, it was ultimized. In other words, it was blacked out. All the information was blacked out because they re the report came in as a domestic violence report. Yeah, yeah. And they put her as the victim. Wow. So when I went to go file, even if there was if it wasn't Olsenized, it still was on there as not a fifty one fifty call. It was there as a domestic violence and call. Perpetrator. And exactly. So in my again, they are officers are trained to and was that Chilla Vista police? Yes. And so uh well off officers are trained to react. Mm-hmm. They're not trained to think, right? <laughs> I, and I, I don't mean I don't mean that in a condescending way, mm -hmm. because they're 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 they go to the range, they go to all these obstacle courses, they go through all these trainings. Yeah, everything's yeah. like impulsory. You have to respond. They're to not trained how to be civil, be compassionate, be exactly. understanding, to think things through. It's okay. You don't have to be so technical uh, uh, with your response in the sense of you know I'm the, uh, it's got to be this way. You should have and some, then understanding yeah. the way mental health is now. I mean, you're training your brain how to react involuntarily to situations mm -hmm. based on triggers, either your visual triggers or audio triggers. Mm -hmm. Because when an individual looks a certain way or responds a certain way, it's aggression. Aggression is negative. Aggression means that they're probably trying to fight or do right. something. And it's like, wait. Now, 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 for the sake of time, because I know we run out of time mm -hmm. here, but uh, so, but I want to get to to um, um, Chilla Vista police and where you're at right now with the situation. And I know that um, you were, uh, because of the police and the report that they did, and they lied on their report. Let's just tell it like it is. Yeah. They lied on their report, and um, there was no recourse for you. 
So for two years, you were homeless, out on the street, separated from your family, went through a whole lot of, <laughs> of drag through the mud by the system because you were trying because uh, you didn't want to lose your family, and and finally you've been restored to your family. But even before you got restored to your family, you filed a complaint against the police for right. all the different things that they've done, right? Right, and and just I mean from this call alone. Um, it was a it was a claim that I filed. I copied it before I submitted it, mm-hmm. um, and I submitted it. It took a while. Even in that whole me submitting it and them reviewing it, they denied it. Mm-hmm. And then we got involved and pressed on them like, "Hey, you guys really need to look at this, or we're gonna go public." Mm-hmm. And I think that's when they started looking at it like, "Wait, okay." Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even get word of this email. It actually came about through a, um, I was involved in a hit and run. Mm-hmm. Again, I was going from place to place. Mm-hmm. I was trying to go to a friend's house to go sleep. I mm-hmm. got in a hit and run in Chula Vista again um, to where I was asking, like, what, what's what's going on with all of this? Like, right. I, and they didn't. And they didn't. Like they, they didn't yeah. They, they were. So what I didn't did was I told him, like, oh, well, I'm going to have to move forward with this. Right. And so the, when the did officer, you file a complaint? So when the officer uh, that was, ooh, it was uh, it was a couple of months after the incident. So that's in 2018. 17. Yeah. So we're in 2020, and you're just not being restored. So it's been over two years. Yeah. And so, like, so in 2017, you filed a police complaint, and I have a, a response that you received from the city of Chula Vista Police Department from Captain Patrol Captain Vern Sally. Mm-hmm. Now I know that in Chula Vista they don't have assistant chiefs; they have chief, and then they have the captains. Right. And so the captains kind of operate like assistant chiefs or whatever, but they over certain areas, you know, and we know Chula Vista is a smaller department than San Diego police that have assistant chiefs. But I, this response that I have is on October 30th, 2019 from the Chula Vista police department. And there, and I'm gonna read what they said here. It says, dear Mr. Akela, um, thank you for bringing to our attention your concerns regarding your services complaint form for the incident that occurred on August 17, 2019. Now, what was that complaint? You know what? I don't think that was 2000. Correct date? Yeah. It, 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 I don't think they, because it wasn't in 2019 that this happened. Yeah, I think that's probably when when you when you got back with them, like, hey, I filed a complaint, oh, you guys didn't respond. Yeah, that's what they probably talking about. So the Chilla Vista, he, he goes on to say, the Chilla Vista Police Department continues to encourage members of the community to express concerns which need to be addressed. As part of our commitment to the community, it is our goal to work with you in resolving this issue and at the, the best we can. An investigation has been conducted by Sergeant um, Lamar Barrett. The outcome of the investigation is as follows: Sustained. The employee committed all of the part, all or part of the alleged violations. What what violations are they saying that they committed? Just so, if you can briefly. Yeah, so and they violated their policy as far as how they're supposed to respond. Um, they. Yeah, they they because again I called for pert. They didn't even respond in a um, in a mental health capacity. Um, they were going there just to again a prescribed response. They got the they see the man. They got to arrest him. So I pointed that out in the complaint. I told them that um, the treatment, like I was telling them uh, that I, um, I now am a domestic violence counselor, um, but at that time I was just the treatment that I got. I called for services, and the treatment that I got was completely like I was the offender, and I, I, I couldn't be viewed. In other words, there was no way I could be viewed as um, the victim. So the complaint was that that they did that they didn't provide any services. They gave they just told me get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, and it was literally like a violation of uh, due process, um, and on top of their treatment, the way they were doing, shouldn't with the the cuffing and and doing everything else like that, it shouldn't have been called for. Like they were they were already making me guilty just by my presence. Mm-hmm. Like so, it was a complaint of they're not following. Like this is not following their own protocols. They're not looking at um, being trauma informed mm-hmm. and the way they they respond to the community. Um, there was a couple other things where the way it, uh, the, the isms, the way they approached it and, mm-hmm. and the way they handled it, um, and then the way they re- wrote the report, mm-hmm. which then caused child welfare services to respond the way they did. Oh, okay, so they said that that was sustained. So they said the employee committed all or part of the alleged violation. So when they say employee, they talking about the police officer that yeah. came to your house and filed that report, lied and did all those different things, right. and sent you through, it caused you to be dragged through the mud for two over two years but then they says exonerated acts did occur but were justified lawful and proper what did that mean so 
when I when I was getting back to Lieutenant Fox, because Lieutenant Fox is the one that uh, brought this to my attention from Chilo Vista PD, that mm -hmm. the, the, the report was actually sustained. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to get clarification numerous times. They said they, they cannot talk about it. That they cannot, like, I, I would ask, oh, what does that mean? What, so what I do now, they're like, we, I cannot talk to you about wow. this case. So anymore. let me say, let me say, because I know we, we ran out of time, and I mm. want you to be able to talk about what, where you're going forward, what needs to be done uh, going forward. Um, so there's no citizen review board in Chula Vista. None. And so that's part of the problem, you know, with a lot of these departments, you know, and I read a re read some report about 2002, somewhere around that time, might it be the exact year, but uh, when they were recommending that they get a citizen review board and they said they looked at it and saw that they didn't need one, right, because the police department can handle the complaints and so on. And so we see that, you know, this is in every department you should have some type of oversight where there's right. accountability where when an when a individual, a community member, a citizen um, uh, has a complaint against the police, they shouldn't investigate themselves. I personally right. believe, feel that they should have not only just an independent investigatory body, but they should also have the authority to discipline yeah. and they should have the authority to have an independent prosecutor to prosecute, right? right? Because sometimes they do break the law and I think they need to start taking it serious when, you in, when you're talking about the police and what they do uh, uh, as far as um, uh, uh, hurting and harming the community or individuals in the community like what happened to you. You were harmed by what they've done. Uh, these two years been dragged through the mud, separated from your family and everything. And then they just, you know, uh, take it lightly and don't take it seriously. But, you know, th these are lives that that basically has been traumatized and basically destroyed. You know, what I mean, you may not never recover from this. Hopefully, Lord, give you grace and, and the strength and the power too. but you may not never recover from this and so on. So so those things need to be addressed. But your situation I don't know what the statute of limitations is, but I know your situation, you still want to address it. So what does it look like going forward with this case? Um, so looking at creating awareness and getting the word out that it's it's not going to be tolerated anymore. Mm -hmm. um, essentially what's happening, we're having um, individuals just happen. This, I mean, I'm not. I'm not a unique case. Mm -hmm. And I've actually seen that out there in these last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So many men out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's men that stay in storage shelters because it's right. the cheapest thing in San Diego to stay mm -hmm. at. And I mean, I, I fell in line for a minute with that where it was the car or a friend of mine that had a storage mm -hmm. and going to the gym, take showers. Mm -hmm. And I was working the community doing those things. I was at UPAC working like that right. for two oh, years. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to get that awareness out there that there are so many homes right now that are destroyed because of this. Yeah, and the man just don't seem to have and, any rights. And now, and and that's what I was gonna get on. And the voice, I, I've got this training. I've got um, the 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 know how, and I know the resources out there. Mm -hmm. I'm part of this whole. I train systems, mm -hmm. and I was still hurt, not hurt. Mm -hmm. right how, right how then right. how does any other man that don't even understand that, yeah how, how do you even have a standing chance exactly and that's why it's keep repeating and that's why it has to stop because it's it, it, enough is enough and, right. and and men we know better we should do better mm -hmm. but we need to start stop being so self i'm um, being honest stop being so self-centered and focus on what everything else tells us we should be mm -hmm. and go into what whatever it is that we were born to do to right be. and that's be the man of the house, be, be raising your family, basically, Amen. because that, is, authority. that yeah. is yours. That exactly. is what you're supposed to run. Mm -hmm. You want to run something, run your house. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's just it. They're playing on that. They understand right. that, too. Right. So right. divide and conquer. And then right. I want to bring that out and get awareness to that. Okay. Okay. And do you plan on suing? Yes. Um, I've brought it uh, up to a couple of attorneys. Either there's that not wanting to get into the political arena uh, mm -hmm. under that view. Um, and this is pre mm -hmm. the pandemic and things okay. of that nature. Yeah, because um, we're going through all this. Yeah, now. so, I mean, with systems being not on the forefront now and mental health, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if more attorneys or people might be a little bit more uh, motivated to do something like that. Right. But um, before this, it was either they didn't want to get involved politically mm -hmm. um, or retaliation. Because mm -hmm. some of these attorneys, they, they worked in the South Bay. 
Right. Um, or, or they had other cases involving PD that they, they it would be the conflict of interest mm-hmm. or they wouldn't. It was just they couldn't get involved. Right. So. So. OK. So. Um, uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of uh, you know, you brought some uh, very important points out today. So I, for sure, I think we probably have to come back mm-hmm. uh, in the future and do one on just focusing on how men are treated, especially, you know, uh, uh, men of color, right. you know, in a white supremacy society. Right. Uh, because that's that's where it is. Because, you know, I was always thinking in my mind that, you know, it was the black man that, you know, they were actually trying to, to strip. But from what it sounds like, you know, it's happening also in the Latino community. Oh, yeah. And so it needs to be addressed. We need to, you know, uh, fight against that that oppression and white supremacist system uh, that is there to uh, disempower every right. man except a white man, you know, and and the way the system is set up. So uh, we we have a future thing on that. Um, hopefully, awesome. Lord's will, you'll find a um, a lawyer, and we'll continue to address that. This. this is one way of addressing it. So uh, just give us some closing words, and if if folks want to uh, contact you, how can they find you, reach you? So yeah, th- and thank you for the opportunity. Um, so moving forward, I again, we're, there's a couple of men that we are trying. Well, again, pre-pandemic, we're uh, starting to get like uh, healing circles going, men's circles. Okay. We're talking, um, but uh, again. To reach me, I mean, email me. Um, best way, I mean, I, I'm at Mental Health America, so uh, J Alcala, A L C A L A, at M H A S D dot org. I'm sorry, dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, as far as just reaching out and getting everything going, um, I would love to come back and talk about some of these other topics because yes. it, 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 it really is something that hasn't been discussed. Right. But the other thing with men is the mental health. Amen. Because that's the stumbling block. We don't want to mm-hmm. admit that we're hurt. Right. We don't admit that we have pain. Right. You know, um, we have tear ducts and everything else, but apparently we're not supposed to cry. Right. So right. those those are some of the things that, yeah, we, we should start addressing. And if we're going to address all of it, I mean, the systems and everything mm-hmm. else, we also have to look at ourselves, too. That's right. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's happening. And, and you know what? I will say that every community of, of color mm-hmm. has their own version of some kind of ism that they've been receiving mm-hmm. from PD. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, I know diverse communities, and they're, they're telling me the same thing. Stuff Filipinos are saying the same yeah. things. Vietnamese people are saying the same things. Mm-hmm. They're all saying that, that they're being treated. Somali community, um, and they're all telling me they're saying the same things. Wow. Wow. So it, it's not like, oh, well, we're just making things up, or, you know, we're trying to, like, no, look at us, look at us, how come? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's, it's enough to go around. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're doing this to everyone. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely love to come back um, okay. and reach we, out to for me sure. yeah. any we'll, way you can. And, yeah, um, if anything else that uh, know that whew, when we know better, we do better, right? <laughs> exactly. And we have to spend the time to know better. Amen. Um, but one thing that I, I – something that, 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 that has stuck with me ever since some of my trainings from um, back in the day was that when we stop looking at just ourselves, mm-hmm. when we go from I to we, mm-hmm. Amen. even illness mm-hmm. becomes wellness. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Joshua. And, yeah, so, you know, we, we've ran out of time. We thank you for all that, that listened to uh, this podcast. We thank you for that. This is uh, Bishop Bowser, Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser, Shafat Outreach Podcast. So um, the, we thank you for tuning into this um, episode. And we'll be back real soon with another episode, a new episode. So we thank you and please spread the word, share this uh, podcast and get it out so people can uh, hear uh, Joshua's story and what's going on with men. This is just one example of what's happening to men across this county. All right. God bless you. you. And we'll be back soon. All right.